0: The information contained in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or
1: treatment.
2: Hello, and welcome to the revolution. Welcome to the Liberty Hour on Informed Live Radio, brought to you by Informed Choice Washington, that fabulous nonprofit organization that I've been with since 2016, I believe, way back when it was just a Facebook group. And now it's a wonderful nonprofit, and it's thanks to uh, our members, thousands of members, and um Donors who give a little something every month to keep the good work of Informed Choice Washington going, to keep this show on the airwaves in uh, Washington state. And of course, with the magic of the Internet, CHD TV and podcasts and everything, we're keeping free speech alive, um, especially on the subject of health um, and medicine. This is absolutely essential. We're in the middle of a war. So many people have said this. It's not a war with regular soldiers and bombs being dropped on us. It's a war in which our freedoms are being stolen with fear and with capture of the medical industry. And it snuck in for a lot of people and it's captured so much of our lives. But you know what? We are empowered in our everyday lives to end this war peacefully. We do it by getting healthy. We do it by getting educated, and by the choices in our life. We disarm pharma by stepping away and um, and getting healthy. That's uh, the. It, it's been said that the most. Um, Oh, a patriotic thing you can do right now is to get healthy, and I so believe that. I'm going to bring on Bob Reynolds, who's with us. Hey, Bob. Oh, that was me doing it. We've got Eric today. I haven't worked with Eric in a little while, and and we don't have our rhythm down. So, <laughs> hey, Bob.
0: Hi, Bernadette. Good to talk to you.
2: Yeah, good to have you on again in the Liberty Hour. So, I do need to say that the views expressed on this hour are not necessarily those of CHDTV or um, informed Choice Washington, we're just here bringing you good conversation. We're not giving you medical or legal advice. Bobby, before we bring on our, our guests um, and are going to talk about their personal experience having to do with the war on ivermectin, which is ongoing, um, do you have any, um, I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot because I didn't ask you about this earlier, but any updates? Could you tell us what's going on with that bill that wants to give the Secretary of Health Um, in Washington state, prescriptive authority and standing order authority all the time.
0: Sure, Bernadette. Yeah, today we had a committee hearing. So that Bill 6095, Secretary of Health standing orders, where, yeah, they could uh, uh, issue prescriptions basically at any time. Uh, Went before the House committee today and there were some questions. There was an amazing Lady who joined me at the podium to give comments in opposition. And she had an amazing medical background or at least science background. So she was speaking with some, uh, some facts on her side and, uh, and some legislators asked some questions. So we don't know if it's gonna get stopped in the Senate uh, or I'm sorry, this would be the house that, that's a Senate bill that's now in the house. We don't know if it's gonna get stopped before the floor. They'll need to schedule it for a vote here shortly. But um, mm-hmm. we are really, really encouraging our legislators to put some more guardrails on this bill. We think since this bill, this power, this power of standing orders was kind of rediscovered or used during the pandemic emergency, it should mm-hmm. stay in an emergency use condition. And that's the mm-hmm. amendment we're asking. We were able to ask a couple of legislators while there and we've emailed them and called them and we're hoping we can influence legislation a little bit.
2: Yeah, good for you and good for informed choice Washington. Um, And Washington does have a really good uh, legislative website that's very useful for citizens to interact and have their voice be heard. And how many people did you say registered opposition to this bill?
0: 1150 people answered a little bit of a call to action and, mm-hmm. and registered con. It's just amazing the numbers uh, that it's all the people, the citizens don't want the secretary of health to have this power. Mm-hmm. But mostly it, it's all public health employees and maybe some, some union or associations, you know, professional association mm-hmm. representatives that chimed in, you know, one out of a hundred maybe would be pro yeah. one a hundred.
2: Wow. That's the, 10 to
0: 1150.
2: Those entities who really sort of believe that the individual isn't wise enough to make their own decisions and, and they need these overseeing fatherly-like entities controlling health. So it doesn't surprise me. And there's so much money um, tied up in that whole system. Yeah, there, there is
0: another a nuance I wanted to update people on too. Uh, during the Senate floor hearing, the Senate floor debate, the uh, one of the amenders... Uh, Senator Rivers was able to say, "Well, because the local health authorities already have this power, then the Secretary of Health should have this power." Hmm. Well, I I looked it up. The RCW duties for a local health officer. I looked up the WACs for the duties of the uh, of the local health officer. Nothing mentions standing orders. Mm-hmm. It's implied that they can do it, but during an emergency. Mm-hmm. So more to the point that this should only be an emergency power.
2: Yes, very good, very good with that follow-up. you know it, it just shows that really the you know the the lobbyists and the people who have a vested interest in a certain way of doing things are always going to legislators and educating them, I say in air quotes about why we need something and it w- we really need more educated citizens going and saying whoa 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 wait a minute look at this look at this look it up legislators in session they're presented every 15 minutes when they have a meeting with a different topic that can just vary so widely and they most of them are they have shallow knowledge on everything they have no depth um, in any of these massive massively important decisions they're going to make so they're heavily influenced by the last person they spoke to who brought them information. And so we really have to and give, I, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt that they when they make comments or votes that they really didn't know enough to make an informed decision. So, you know, unless we give it that a effort, and we've really brought them good information, you know, we, we can't complain too much. So good on you, Bob, for making the big trip from where you live to the, the capital and, and you have yeah, wife there. Four yeah.
0: hours of travel for one minute of testimony.
2: I've been there, done that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And thank <laughs> you to uh, our uh, members who received the call to action and acted.
2: Thank
0: yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Difference.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, and there, so that brings us to our guest. So there's, there's a whole other level of activism that is going on now because of COVID. And I hate the harm that COVID, the response to COVID has done. And the cause of COVID, everything. But the silver lining, Bob, is the systemic corruption of everything going on. And then those who suffered, who are having the courage to rise up and take action um, and continue to expose it, this is how this quiet, peaceful revolution toward Uh, real health and freedom happen. And with that, I'm going to bring on our guests. So we have um, Don Downs and his daughter, Kara Bookman, joining us today. Welcome to the Liberty Hour of Informed Life Radio. Hi,
3: thanks for having us.
4: Thanks for having us.
2: For those of you just on the radio, it was very cute. So dad just nudges daughter to say, you go. (laughs) You guys are cute. So I try to keep this light. This is a very heavy subject, and I want to totally respect that. And I want to really thank you for the courage it takes for you to continue on. So this, we're going to let you two tell the story of your mother, who two years ago, I believe it was, um, was hospitalized with COVID-19, and the journey that you went on. I'd kind of like to start just asking this question, though, of both of you. Before COVID hit, what was your level of trust in the medical care system and the recommendations of doctors of how to treat any particular medical issue? Where were you?
3: Um, We, you know, trusted the hospitals like, like most people do, um, you know, you expect that when you go to the hospital, that they're going to do everything they can to help you and take care of you. Um,
4: they take an oath to do that.
3: Yeah, and 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 we always trusted the absolutely. doctors in the hospitals. We've always trusted absolutely.
1: It. We course, really did.
2: You know, now now yeah. that's changed. Yeah, but yeah, I I agree, and so many people are along that route. They didn't. So many people and I did years ago, I had a couple of wake up calls that made me begin to do my medical due diligence, even even when I found doctors that I trusted, I still felt like I needed to do my medical due diligence and go down the rabbit hole to see if they really knew what they were talking about or not, and then make my own decision um, based on that, that we all go through usually some um, personal trauma, I guess before we realize that, that trust is not warranted in today's system. Um, so so I'll just let you uh, take it away, um, I guess, begin with did, with your mom getting uh, COVID again. What state are you in? Where are you located? We're in Ohio. Okay. First, All
4: right. about 45 minutes uh, southeast of Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio, we're in a <laughs> so rural area. Um, I, I'll start out by saying this, these podcasts, these radio programs that we're on, um, this is the 22nd one in a couple of three months now. We're doing this for one reason, it's to let the public know what's going on or what we went through. And it's been a nightmare, been very costly. But it's time. I just say this: it's time for the American people, especially Christians, to stand up and say, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna do what's right, and we're gonna tell the truth about what has happened." In a million years, I, there's no way I ever thought I would. I'm 67 years old, and I, there's no way that I ever dreamed that America would come to this point. And, um,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know, I'm going to show you a picture of the one we're talking about. This is my wife, Brenda, There's your died at age life. 64. Oh,
2: so sad. Her life
4: was taken, but mm-hmm. um, she was, she was perfect health. She never had any problems at all. And um, on uh, end of July of 21, me and her both had COVID and we both the same night got so uh, really bad. And my oldest daughter Melissa came up, we called her and took us both to, uh, we were gonna go to Lancaster, Ohio, which is about a half hour away to a hospital. And we were so bad that we just told her we can't make it. So we went to our local hospital and we were hospitalized. I was actually worse than she was when we went in and they put us in the same room for three days i only remember about 20 minutes of the whole stay three days i got my numbers got better hers got worse so they shipped her to uh, uh, and let me tell you something the protocol was at that our local hospital was nothing they they gave us nothing they gave us oxygen if we needed it but outside of that nothing for three days so she gets shipped to columbus ohio and under Ohio Health Hospital, it was Doctors West in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio Health, I think they're the biggest medical organization in the state of Ohio. They own a lot of hospitals. So she ends up there, and um, she was there two or three, four days, and I was just getting well enough to go visit her. And the day I walked in, I asked, I'm just telling you what happened. Mm-hmm. She had a she had a a port hanging out of her arm. I said, what's that for? And she said, well, they've been trying, they have been on me so heavy for the last two or three days, telling me I should be on the vent and she's on a high flow oxygen. And she said, I don't feel bad enough to be on a vent. And she would talk to us and I'd say, put that mask back on, you know? And she said, I said, uh, soon after that, I said, look, me and you, we had an agreement a long time ago. We would never go on the vent for anything. And it was kind of like a joke thing. She said, yeah, that's why I gave Melissa power of attorney, medical power of attorney, which she did, my oldest daughter. I was just so bad. She didn't know if i ever come back up there but, or see her. I was really bad. but um, So we let that go. But um, they were hounding her so bad and telling her that it would, Telling the girls before, or even before I got there, that if she didn't get on the vent, she'd probably be dead within 24 hours. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Well, of course. So they discuss it before I even get there, and while I'm there, I, really before I got there, they just, she decided to, I'm going to let them do it. And I thought, well, it, you know, it's your life. we had been married 46 and a half years uh, so I was 18, we got married in high school and, um, I honored that and you hope for the best, but they told her that if she'd go on the vent, that it would give time for her lungs to, to rest. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? So you take over from where, where that happened. What happened next?
3: Um, so once they, we waited in the waiting room and we got a phone call from a friend, um, and they said, hey, we know this guy um, that was in a hospital in Ohio and he was on a ventilator and they gave him ivermectin. And after um, the second dose of ivermectin, he um, came off of the ventilator and he's fine and he's at home now. So, you know, that was the first we had ever heard of it. And so immediately, you know, I start researching it and... Um, I found an NIH study that showed that it lowered comorbidity in COVID. So we called back real fast, hoping that they hadn't um, innovated her yet, um, which they already had.
4: They did it immediately after we left the room. Um, Mm -hmm.
3: But um, so we asked, you know, to talk to the doctors and they sent us two resident doctors and, I showed him the study and asked him, you know, if we could have ivermectin. And so they took the, you know, our question and, and went to administration. Well, administration came in and it was, we were immediately met with, um,
4: opposition, opp-
3: yeah, opposition.
4: this was high up, uh, uh, high up people too, in the organization. They, it didn't take them not even a half hour to come back in and say, no, we're and, not going to do this,
3: but they weren't like, you know, they weren't friendly. They weren't, uh, you know, they weren't nice about uh, it whatsoever. I mean, it was just, you know, you can't, uh, get that. You can't get Ivermectin in the state of Ohio in any pharmacy. You can only get it from tractor supply. I mean, just, lines, was, um, just lines after lies. I and
4: called replies. them out on instantly. I said, wait a minute here it's on every corner every pharmacy your pharmacy is two doors down from where we're at right now and i could probably go over there they'd lie to me but you've got it here Mm
1: -hmm. and
4: uh they lied to us there and i i jumped i was jumping up and down saying look get her back off get her off that life support we want her to have the ivermectin and I said, I will sign anything, any kind of waiver you want. You're telling us now after they put her on it, that she doesn't
3: have a chance. She didn't have a chance to live. They said she had a 0% chance to live.
4: Are you serious? We were, you talk about shock. You talk about, there's only one word for what we, what she went through, what we went through in this case is, it was unconscionable. You cannot wrap your head around it. I never dreamed we, a family in the United States would have to go through this. And she gets tired of hearing me say this. During that meeting, I mean, I was pretty forceful. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm a Christian man. I don't go, you know, I know my limits. The Lord is our help and all that. And, I, I said, look, how many people have sued you, 19 months COVID's been out, to get their family member, whether it be ivermectin, whatever. There's a Right to Try Act uh, that Trump put out two years prior. Mm-hmm. No, that's the trash. So I said, look, I'll do anything. Well, how many people have sued you? Not one. Not one in 19 months? That was the truth. So I said, Lord, what in the world? Why are you allowing us to go see this evil? But he had his reasons. And so we go ahead. Now you jump back in and tell him what happened. This happened in one day. Mm-hmm.
3: So um, we found uh, through our research, we found that Ralph Larigo, out of New York, that was an attorney that was trying these cases and getting hospitals to administer ivermectin. And every patient that he was able to win in court for that got the ivermectin, they all lived. He and they were him. all on ventilators.
4: We were Brent, my wife was the twelfth, and he was um, positive that if we could get. Go ahead.
3: So we called. Uh, we called Ralph and we really, you know, didn't know if he would even answer us or, or not. And we got a call. uh, We got a call back very quickly. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, I need you to do the following things. I need you to get, um, because he's not licensed to practice law in Ohio. I need you to get a local attorney that will do all the legwork that's not affiliated with Ohio Health. I need you to get a pharmacist that's willing to fill a prescription for ivermectin. And I need you to get a doctor that's willing to prescribe it.
4: Plus so he we, had to get approved to, to do the case, which he, he did do that. Which Ohio. we
3: got all of that in one day. We found our local doctor was willing to prescribe it. Our, we had a, a pharmacist that was a, uh, a family friend that was willing to fill it.
4: It was tough on that
3: one. Um, and <laughs> then we found an attorney that, you know, we just, called random attorneys that and tried to find somebody that wasn't affiliated with Ohio health. Um, but we found all of that in one day. Um, so things started moving very quickly when it came to the court hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we filed for an injun- emergency injunctive relief, uh, and to get the ivermectin. So they had been, um, battling in court on the phone with our attorney, Ralph in New York. And, um, or the judge was a Franklin County judge in Columbus, Ohio, and the judge was Mark Saret. And um, they were battling in court with Ohio Health's attorney. They had four attorneys, and um, so they Ralph calls us, and he's, you know, they've they've come to this agreement, but he said it's it's the most. Uh, it's unconscionable. It's, you know, he said, I've never heard of an agreement well,
4: before that. He said it. he talked to the judge, and the judge was what? He was questioning why wouldn't they give? It was it? I'm not Okay, okay. okay. Right. <laughs>
3: um, so, um, He said, what they want to do is they want, they are willing to give her the ivermectin, but they want a confidentiality agreement. They want you guys to sign a confidentiality agreement saying that you won't tell anyone that they gave it to her. And if you ever in your entire life, and if you ever tell anyone, but they don't have to have, it was, they wanted it written so that they didn't have to have proof that we told. We don't have to have any evidence that we told. And they wanted us to pay them a million dollars each. And that was a million dollars from me, my dad, and my sister. So they wanted $3 million.
4: Plus our attorney.
3: Plus, sure. plus Ralph Larigo, a million dollars from him. So really, they wanted $4 million. We have
4: that in writing. We have the contract. Go ahead. Yeah,
3: they wanted $4 million um, to for us to keep our silence, but they didn't have to have, you know, proof that we told anybody, Mm -hmm. um, and it was in liquidated damages is how it stated. So, um, the judge ends up calling us and says, you know, I feel like a million dollars is, is a a lot. He said, so I'm going to lower it to a hundred thousand dollars each, which, you know, to us. A hundred thousand dollars is still a lot of money. Like, you For know, person, we we don't make I a mean, hundred thousand. I don't even make that in a year. Um,
4: but we were going to sign it because we're trying to save her life. Know,
3: uh, you know, because you know, the clock was, was ticking, she was dying. We were going to do whatever it took to, to get her the medicine or to, you know, to try it, we were willing to try anything to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, so the judge says, okay, so do you understand what confidentiality is? And we're like, you know, yeah, we I understand what is.
4: Say it is. He I'm a pastor, like we didn't, treat us like kids.
3: And he said, okay, so if somebody tells, asks you about this case, you're going to say the judge says I'm not allowed to talk about it. So we said, okay. And he's like, now I want you to repeat that after me. So he made us repeat it after him, like like we were, you know, children. He, you know, he t- treated us like we were less than. Um, so he said, okay, I want you to come to the courthouse and we're going to have this all written up and you're going to sign it. Um, so we this, get to the court.
4: At 4.30 in the afternoon, cause there are four attorneys, our local and the judge and the staff, his staff attorney was there all day, hmm. all day arguing with our attorney in New York, because he said, it, you guys can't sign this. I can't sign this, but go ahead
3: um so well, f- well first during the negotiations uh ralph felt like the first day he felt like the judge was on our side like he couldn't understand you know why they wouldn't just try something if she, you know and they were telling the judge like she doesn't have the her odds of living are very very low and so the judge couldn't understand well why won't you just try this if you know if she, if you're saying she's not going to live anyhow well, then the next day, the judge's tune changed
4: completely. quite a bit, completely changed. Not quite a bit. It was completely It was completely
3: opposite. It was complete opposite. Yeah, he was no longer on our side. Um, but anyhow, we go to the courtroom and we're waiting in a room um, with our Columbus, Ohio attorney, whose name was Jeff Perry.
4: He's not our lead attorney.
3: He was not our Ralph lead is attorney. our lead
4: attorney in New York.
3: And he's arguing with Ralph over the contract, which really rubbed all of us the wrong way. Because um, it's like, dude, you know, you're not our lead attorney. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Shut up and do what you're told. But, you know. <laughs> um,
3: but, so, you know, Ralph, he said, well, he told us, he said, Ralph just won't agree on anything. We, we make a change. And uh, we change it, what he wants it to be, which I'm sure it wasn't what he wanted to be. And then he gets upset and, and he just wants all these changes made and we keep changing it and he's not happy with
4: it. So the judge went off.
3: So we finally get to go right. into the courtroom and the judge just start, and they do not allow Ralph, uh, our lead attorney to be present in the courtroom with us at all, and he's our lead attorney.
4: Not by or anything. Oh, not by anything.
3: They just don't allow him to be there. And the judge just begins. Let
4: me tell him. I, about right. Him. But he right. said before he did that, though he said, "I don't even know why I even took this case. I'm the only judge that in this area would even look at such a thing." And so, what happened to him? But so. I'm the only one, and, and basically, he's still so dying. And this is the, the
3: judge is talking to you. Like, I mean, it's and pretty. He
4: even told us uh, during that uh, outrage that he gave us, he was telling us about a sex offender he was dealing with, and he just do not have time for this anymore. And these two are sobbing and crying because he's given us every indication it's over. He's not going he to do anything. So, so he goes off on Ralph and says the reason your wife your mother's not going to get the ivermectin tomorrow is this you're turning up in New York. He is he, he's only helping you out. He's only doing this because of his ego. Uh, he's trying to make a name for himself. Oh my lord, we were shocked about the whole thing. So he went on and on and on about Ralph and she's not going to get it. So I just spoke up and said, look, I fire him right now. He was happy about that. He put on a little show after that. And Melissa stands up crying and says, can I, can we call Ralph? And that smart aleck judge, Mark Serrett, you have three minutes. It was incredible. We're talking about her life. To talk to him. Yeah. Ralph was waiting on the call should have been in the oh so so we go back and, and Melissa calls Put on speakerphone, Melissa I have called New York Supreme Court justices in the last two two days I've talked to lawyers all over this nation they have never ever heard of such a thing it is this is where we get the word it is unconscionable what they're doing to me and you you're what you're you're your, Brenda, and your family. Yeah,
3: and he said, Melissa, I'm sorry, you know, I just can't, can't
4: sign do this. I can't do it. So dad has to fire you, and he understood that. I think he was shocked, but he, he said, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do if you want to continue. So we don't know what's going to happen. We go back in, these two are still bawling crying. Staff attorney, she's crying, uh, the judge's staff attorney. One of their attorneys, I look over, and his, the lead attorney, he's got tears running down his face what is going on here? So before I got set down, when we came back in the courtroom, the judge says, uh, Mr. Downs, we have uh, come to an agreement. We've come to an agreement. Um, the four attorneys here for Ohio Health, uh, we they've agreed that I can put a gag order on Mr. Laredo in New York. That gets him out of it. What? Gag order. Yeah. So they put a gag order on. him, And he said, you she will get the ivermectin tomorrow he told us that twice
3: he said you will we'll fill it we'll do the paperwork for the gag order and yep. then as soon as that's done you go up t- to Matt perry's office and, and you sign it and Our she'll turn. get the she'll get the ivermectin tomorrow mm-hmm. so we waited for all the paperwork to be done and we went you know straight to the office as soon as it was ready And he just had it laid out, like, as soon as you walk in the door, it wasn't in his office. As soon as you walk in the door, he just had it laid out on the counter, ready for us to sign. And Dad asked him, you know, was there... I felt something was
4: wrong. Why don't we go in his office? But So I just said, look, Jeff, we have the ivermectin. We're here. You just opened up. Uh, Did they make any changes by the time we left the courthouse at Mm -hmm. 5, 5.30 last night and this morning? He said, "Well, yes, yes. There was a couple changes made, but it's nothing. Just sign. Nothing and for you to worry. Nothing about. for you to worry about. Just sign it. And get that ivermectin over there so they can give it to her. So we we're, were good with that. But we had no idea what this judge and these four lawyers did until way la- well later. But mm-hmm. what he did, the judge gave uh, permission. What he did, he took all the." burden of himself and his decision for her to get the ivermectin when he told us she was going to get it in two different occasions in court he gave them the doctors of of ohio health all the complete control whether she would get it or not based on their opinion now so we go to the hospital not knowing any of this and we get over there hour goes by Two hours go by.
3: Well, first when we got there, we we go Okay, back,
4: yeah. We're missing something here. Yeah. We go back
3: to her room and um you know, during COVID, they had to keep your doors shut, you have to wear PPE to go in. Um downhill her doors are completely wide
4: open. open.
3: And we no longer have to wear PPE. And there's the first red flag. Uh-huh. Okay, they're trying to do something here.
4: Yeah.
3: What is going on? Our doors are open that they're, they're trying to pull something.
4: She doesn't have COVID anymore.
3: Yeah. So they try to tell us that she doesn't have COVID anymore. Um, so we, we go to the waiting room and, and we tell them, okay, we're, we're going to wait for the doctors to come administer the ivermectin. We want you to call us when they get here. We want to watch you administer it because we didn't trust that they were going to actually do it. So we get a we get a text from our attorney saying,
4: Local attorney, the one um, we had that.
3: Saying the judge or the doctors want to have a meeting with you. Do you want to meet with him? No. Like we knew exactly what they were trying to do. No, we don't want to have a meeting with them. We just want them to administer Hold the on. ivermectin. And the
4: meeting was going to be with Dr. Joseph Gastaldo. He is the highest ranking he is the infectious disease doctor for all Ohio health.
3: Their lead infectious
4: lead. It was going to be with him. It was going to be with Dr. Chowdhury, head of ICU.
3: Pulmonologist.
4: Pulmonologist. It was five people. Okay. We said no. We went to court yesterday. I I paid. I had eighteen thousand dollars in eight days. We thought we won the case. Judge says she's going to get it. I said, no, no meaty. So he lets them know, no meaty.
3: They, uh, us in the waiting room, anyhow, after we declined to have a meeting with them, five, uh, five doctors, um, I said, what
4: are you doing in here? Give her the Ivermectin.
3: So they start uh, trying to tell us that she's got something wrong cognitively and that Ivermectin would worsen those symptoms. So they begin to run all of these tests on her, which includes includes taking her down for, so they're doing unnecessary medical examination on her. Risking her her life. And yeah, and when you're moving, having to move a vented patient, that's dangerous anyhow. To get a
4: CT scan. So they
3: move her to get a CT scan. Um, They want to run all these neurological tests on her. And you know, they've been giving her fentanyl and all these sedation medicines this whole time.
4: Overdosing her,
3: then they wonder why she can't wake up. And they're trying to say that it, you know, that the ivermectin would just do more harm because she has cognitive issues, which, you know, the tests take a day to come back, of course, but there was, was no cognitive issues.
4: Everything came back normal.
3: But while they're telling us that she's doing worse with cognitive issues, yes. We find out from our local attorney that they've sent, Ohio Health has sent a message to the judge's staff attorney saying that she is doing significantly better and no longer has COVID, so therefore she doesn't need the ivermectin so our local because attorney she's doing significantly back
4: better. And says, she off the vent?
3: Yeah, so our local attorney we looked in... that she was off the ventilator because... Uh, how how well they said she was doing. We
4: have a copy of that email too.
3: Yeah, so they're they're telling us one thing and they're telling the judge another.
4: And another thing they did behind our back during that three hour period, they called uh, Brenda's local doctor where we live, my doctor, her doctor, and you know, Gustavo called him and said, "Could you call this family that you're the doctor of and try to talk them in out of this ivermectin?" Because we feel it, it could harm her. He was livid. He told Gestalda no, I will not do such a thing. I prescribed the ivermectin. You give it to her now. Well, we don't have anyone up here that will do it. After, After they,
3: they sign in the contract stating that, that there was somebody did. willing to give it. Now, all of a sudden, there's no one willing right. to so give it. Right. So
4: our doctor, what did he say on the phone? He was so upset he said let me tell you something i'll i will leave my practice and cancel my patients i'll be up it take me 45 minutes to get there i will give it to her they said oh no you're not a part of our organization uh you're not allowed to come on this property are you serious
3: so while we're in this meeting um oh. dr gastaldo he, oh. he he
4: he says to us in the meeting. I had, let, let, let me say it because, okay. be, because I shook him up. You know, the Lord gave me the words to say, I said, let me ask you something. If I was your all five of them, if I was your wife, mother, sister, close loved one, and they're, and you've been told by the hospital that they're not going to make it, and, and there was a drug like ivermectin or something else that just might work, what would you do? I want to hear from you people. Gustaldo didn't even blink an eye. He said, I would go with hospital protocol, hmm. child <laughs> protocol, another one, protocol. The other two put their heads down. They wasn't going to say it. So those three, I looked them in the face and I said, let me tell you something, you, you three. I have, in, I have never, ever met three people like you in all my life. How can you stand there and say such a thing? I, and I looked at Dr. Gustavo and I said, Let me ask you something. You've been a doctor a long time, I, I believe. And have you ever prescribed ivermectin to a patient? Oh, I've been giving it to him for years, but never for COVID. So, because of my conversation with him, he gets on channel. Four and ten, channel 10, two of the biggest stations in this state. The next morning, they have him on live and was telling everybody it was for horses and animals and it could cause a lot of problems. If, po-
3: people were poisoning themselves with ivermectin.
4: I felt what like is, a dog because he used our conversation to do what he did. <laughs> and, um, Here's here's the kicker, too. I mean, the I really worst, got this guy...
3: The worst thing that he said, too. Yeah,
4: us. I mean, I had him going. And was, he put down his head and he said, Look, if we could have got maybe the ivermectin a little bit sooner, to her, maybe things would be different. Are you kidding me? This man said that in that room in front of everybody. I almost it, it took the power and the grace of God for me not. I would be in jail. I mean, are are you kidding me? How could this man say such a thing? When I have fought, I have spent thousands of dollars. I begged the judge. We got the we got the order, but then we find out. See, I will never rest until I find out who. Judge's staff attorney know that she was doing significantly better because it was the biggest lie, and that lie cost her her life. Yeah.
3: Why? Once the judge got that information, yeah. he decided to shelf the the whole thing. The whole thing
4: until we could get counsel together.
3: But another lie that we happened. didn't another lie that we didn't find out until two years later yeah. was. Reason was yeah so just recent. recently was that our um local attorney emailed the the next day because we, we had only agreed in the meeting that we would wait one, one day, day. To, to find out what the cognitive issues were make sure all the tests came back normal I, so I we agree agreed day. to wait one day jeff Perry goes ahead and tells them that we no longer want the ivermectin and he sent that to them in an email. He never ever said that. Uh, we were still calling him, okay. Asking him when's the judge gonna push this through? When's it gonna push when's he gonna push it through? And he just stops answering us.
4: So, you know, I told the Epoch Times about a really good they put out a big article and uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and they asked me for my last statement. Do you want to say anything else? I said yes, and I always repeat this on most shows because it's important, because I said, I want to tell you something. You're about to put out an, an article. If I hadn't went through it myself with my daughters and my wife, I don't believe I don't think I can be, could believe what you're going to write. So I don't blame the people if they don't. They read this and say that ah, that couldn't have happened. we've got all the documents. We we have proof of it all. And after, you know what? There were several days even after that that she tried to wake up. She was squeezing hands and this and that. And and, uh, I called up one night at 10 o'clock and we're excited because they're going to take her off the vent. And uh, we get up there uh, at 10 o'clock thinking they're going to take her off the vent. Her room was full of two doctors, head doctor, like six nurses, she was she, back up. Oh, uh, and, and so I, I said, "What? Well, she crashed at five thirty this morning." I said, "How? Why?" We don't. Were, we don't know why. They know why. They,
3: That's what I looked for. As soon as we got the medical records, I looked to see what happened at that exact time frame. They'd mm-hmm. given her more sedation and put her back to sleep.
4: Okay, thirty-three hundred. Hey, she. We. She, she died on um, September 2nd. She passed away. September 2nd. Uh, I wanted the medical records. 3,300 pages. They refused them. No, you're not getting them. What? Nope. Uh, so I had to hire my attorney in Logan, where we live, to get a form from them. They had to give it up. And it had to be signed by our local common police court judge for me to get something that belongs to us wow they forced me to pay i don't know how much it was and it, it, it was incredible i so we get the third we hired warner mendenhall
3: so we felt like Akron, we, Ohio. we asked to dismiss the case because we didn't want to be we were worried about we were worried about this hundred thousand dollars over our heads Mm -hmm. because one of the things they added in the contract, you know, unbeknownst to us is that, um, this would also go to our next step, kin, to our children, the 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 hundred thousand dollars. So if we die, kids are still responsible for this. So of course we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're Uh, not bound to this.
4: So I called Jeff and I said, look, Jeff, I want to dismiss this are we still under this contract even though they they're the ones that breached the contract yes. he said yes you are
3: yeah so he uh, said uh you know he he well he felt first he said i feel like that you know if we did the dismissal you won't be bound to it and so that's why we did we paid him more this thief, to do the dismissal. i just tell him what,
4: what he is he's a thief and he sold us out but anyhow he i said i want it dismissed he said okay i'll send a letter to the judge and Charged me sixteen hundred and fifty dollars for a letter to the judge. Wow. I, okay.
2: I, I just I just want to interrupt. I'm sorry, just for a minute to let you know we're we've got about like six minutes or seven minutes yeah. um, to to wrap. Up. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. So he says that we're still bound to the agreement. If we want him to represent us, he will. No, thank After
1: you.
4: After was dismissed.
1: Um.
3: So so we hired Warner Mendenhall out of Akron. Um. And we just filed a suit to make sure that we were not. Oh, the
4: gap. We never wanted any money.
3: And so, what did Ohio Health do? Did they just let it go? No, they filed a lawsuit against us. Each one of us for filing a frivolous lawsuit and wanting their attorney fees paid.
4: We're supposed to go to court this April. We're on. We're on trial in Columbus, Ohio, because we filed a frivolous lawsuit and they're telling this second judge that's handling it, we were never under any kind of duress during all this.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. Are you? She's (laughs)
3: dying and we didn't sign a contract under duress. We didn't do anything under duress. So we've been
4: under a lot of duress over the lawsuits they're putting on us for the last nine, eight, nine months. But good news for some reason, we serve a big God a month ago we get a call from our attorney in akron he says they backed out they're ready to come down on us hard but they just walked away yeah they don't want to sue us where they don't want to sue you they just want to back away i took them further than they ever dreamed i would so there's a lot of reasons one of the reasons is because we're on this show tonight believe me they know that we are smearing them all over this country, in Canada, the UK, we've been on all over the place. Yeah, and it's not looking good for them. But so they're right now. This is where we're at. No lawsuits. We're just doing this, and uh, our attorney right now, our last appeal to them, telling them that the second judge, they're wrong. They got no right to do this. But he 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 favored them so uh uh he put in his last deal with the judge that he would back down our, our attorney would back down he would not su- uh, we would not sue them using him on a on the civil side but he he feels like well he won the case where this judge.
3: We are no longer under the right that's what yeah
4: right so it cost me 20 and one of the reasons is we were we found out from the second judge the reason they sued us for frivolous lawsuit is because we were never under the other one
3: that's what they tried to say
4: that's right they tried to say this and when our local attorney said yeah you are and I'll, i'll i'll do the work to get you out from underneath it you know if you want to pay me we said forget you you already sold us out but it, this thing is so crazy. Wow. And now really? we cannot use the uh, uh, lawyer Mendenhall because he's done. I mean, he went on a show with us last week and, you know, I'm all caught. We got our $50,000 $50, uh, and, and what? But you know what? We're out there telling a story and it's so unbelievable that, you um, And our heart is not, this is not just for Brenda. This is for 1.2 million people, the Boston members.
3: Yes. Um, we also have uh, some social media, um, accounts. If anybody wants to follow us, um, on Twitter, uh, which I guess is X, uh, Telegram, Getter, Truth Social, and we have a Facebook page. It's at Brenda's Battle. And then we have a Gibson go to help us recoup um, some of our lawyer fees that we've had out. and um, that is gibsongo.com/
0: oh.
3: Brenda's battle 21. So the Gibson go ends in Brenda's Battle 21 and the uh, social media accounts is just Brenda's Battle.
4: Our case proves that the medical industry is corrupt from top to bottom. It proves that the judicial system is corrupt from top to bottom. Not every one of them, but what we went through, our attorney in New York said it was the worst day. He's 72 years old. He told our attorney in Akron, that was the worst day in his entire life Mm -hmm. and what they did to him and what they did to us and, and Brenda. It should have never happened. And, you know, most people think that the judge should be, uh, he should be in prison for what he did. Um, Our local attorney, he should be in prison. But There's no law. There's no law for for these guys. Oh, please. Oh, we lost your voice there, Kara. I didn't hear that.
3: Um, he did the judge, well, we were in the courtroom that day, he didn't allow any recording.
4: We didn't know this until after we hired a year later after we hired uh, uh mm-hmm. our attorney now. He tells his investigator, he said, You get down there and get them transcripts. I wanna know everything that was done that nothing. Yeah. He'd allowed nothing. Well um, I
2: let's spend the last minute telling your beloved Brenda, your beloved mom. How much we thank her. She mm-hmm. was on a difficult journey, but God yeah. had a purpose, and you are serving that purpose. I don't right. know if you've got to meet Scott Sherry yet, who's beloved nineteen. We've been on a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of angels that are in this massive battle, and yeah. I just want to um thank you, Bob, and I thank you the, the whole world of of medical freedom, informed consent. Thank you for your courage, and you're continuing on, and, um, and we thank Thank Brenda. you for having us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're very welcome. So, again, that was everywhere you go for social media, look for Brenda's Battle, and sometimes it's um, Brenda's Battle 21, and you will yeah. be able to find ways to follow what you're doing, uh, to yeah. give voice, to hopefully give you guys some support um, for your time. Yeah stay strong. Yeah. one
4: it. other thing. Can I say one other thing? Can yeah. I say one more thing? Yeah. It's just if there's a if there's an attorney out there or a firm that would want to talk to us and, and learn about this case and take them on on the civil side, I'm not going to pay you a dime. The criminal side because this was the most criminal act in history, I think. Yeah. But Look him up. up and but i'm not paying you you win you win you (laughs) lose you lose i'm done that's five thousand dollars uh but we're going to keep telling this story we got the go don yeah thank you so much Don and kara and
2: yeah and bob you've been listening to the liberty hour on 1150 am kknw and chd tv we'll see you next week
1: Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion, and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, the high wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions.
0: Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informchoicewa.org today. The information contained in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.